right, welcome back to Cinema Animals Nights. I'm your host for this month's episode, Simon Barrett in Los Angeles. And as always, I have Mikhail Britt here with me. Hey, greetings. Welcome. And Mike Lochran in Philadelphia. I'm not here to see my family. I'm here to work. And very unusually for this episode, we have our first and possibly last ever guest on Cinema Animals Nights, Justin Duclos in from Toronto. Hello, I am only here because I begged and pleaded. And Simon's like, fine, sure, whatever. You can be on. Yeah, Justin is the host of uh, Important Cinema Club podcast. Uh, he sometimes does no such thing as a bad movie. I don't quite understand the schedule of that one. Um, every week. He, every week? Okay. Yeah, or every right, two there, weeks. Every two we weeks. The Film Trap YouTube channel. And uh, Justin is also the proprietor of beloved uh, indie label, Gold Ninja Video. <laughs> who had their first ever sold out hit recently with the Taiwanese release Thrilling Bloody Sword. You had your first ever uh, weird collector moment where I saw like people on like the forums that I lurk on were like freaking out trying to get a copy of your release. Uh, so congratulations. And what I like to tell them is I have 30 other ones. A lot of them still available. <laughs> Go buy those. Absolutely perfect. And Justin is also the director of Teddy Bomb, Impossible Horror, and at least one other feature film that I have not seen, but I promise I will. Justin, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank this you. Episode. I feel like I'm on like Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal podcast or something like that, where they like read the credits and it's like, oh, oh thanks, Simon. Well, I want to make sure people, you know, I want to make sure people know why you're our first and possibly last guest. Because they uh, guarantee do not know who I am. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, they probably do. <laughs> if they're listening to this episode, there's a 98% <laughs> chance they found it through a knowledge of who you are. Mm. uh because we are you know we're still a little underground we're still a little uh we're a bit of a deep cut for a podcast but uh, i wanted to start this week's episode off uh or this month's episode i keep forgetting how we're doing it now uh with a little extra extra cricket critters um last evening i went to go see a film that rocked my world and i'm not going to talk too much about it because i think we need to do it as a future episode i saw the 1986 film max mon Amour, uh directed by nagisa oshima um, this is a film starring uh, Anthony Higgins and Charlotte Rampling, in which a, Anthony Higgins plays a British diplomat living in France who discovers that his wife is having an affair with a chimpanzee. Uh, and he tries to come to terms with that in, in, in various ways. And it's a really interesting film. I've seen it described as a romantic comedy. Uh, have, have, any, have either of you seen, has anyone seen this? Justin, Max Monomore, has anyone seen this film? I've seen stills from it and it gets me very excited because it scratches my guy in a chimp suit, um, you know, bracket. I'm not a big fan of real orangutans only because any moment they could just rip someone's lips and eyebrows off and genitals. But if it's a guy in a suit, I am all there. Max Monomore takes that very seriously. Uh, the chimpanzee <laughs> acts like a chimpanzee. It is terrifying. There's no one credited. I noticed in the credits, there's no special effects credited, though. Um, I believe it's the same person who did Planet of the Apes, the original, and 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 like you know, it, they had a special effects team, but they tried to treat it like it was a real chimpanzee, even though it's obviously not. It's 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 very it's a very interesting movie. I would say truly, um, it's one of the crazier films I've ever seen. And, and that's something. I only missed it because it was my son's fourth birthday. Well, we're going to get into the pros and cons of procreation on this episode. <laughs> um, 
Have yeah, you guys seen? Because we're in the um, you know extra. Oh boy, I can't say it. Extra, extra critical cr- critters. Extra critical critters. <laughs> extra critical cr- cricket critters. But I like yeah. critical in there too. That's good. Like, that is critical. Extra cricket critters. That's good. I just learned about this movie recently, Going Ape, where mm. Tony Danza. Uh, I think it's his like grandfather or uncle dies and he has to take care of apes for five years to get the inheritance. And Danny DeVito oh. is there as well. We did an yeah. episode on, on going ape. I'm not it sure. We, on, I'm not sure not we ever true. finished or uploaded it anywhere, but we yeah. we watched and recorded an episode about it at one time. Was, <laughs> yeah. But that was for our previous podcast, Cinema Animals. This um, is Cinema Animals Nights. We do it for Cinema Animals Nights. Yeah. yeah was, rest in peace. Cinema yeah, Animals. That was the old, yeah. the this, is a, this is a better one though, in a lot of ways. Uh, no, Going Ape is is an extraordinary film, and that is quintessential like Cinema Animals canon. Um, but those are real monkeys, and you do feel terror. Uh, well, watching they're that like film. eighty years old in that movie, and it looks like they're on the brink of death. <laughs> yeah, and it's supposed it's... to be like a family kids movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. our position on the on the podcast is that like, if possible, animals should be portrayed by humans in animals. Costumes. absolutely i agree with um, that 100 but like we live in the real world so we are aware <laughs> yeah. that most of the chimpanzee movies we have to watch by law will feature actual chimpanzees. they have to be stapled to that skateboard and or snowboard to perform <laughs> tricks in the movie uh mike or Mikel, do you have any extra critters no <laughs> good 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 yeah. healthy healthy but, answer does, okay. does mike have any I, I don't know if this counts, but you can tell me when I was watching Rex. And by the way, I don't know if this movie is called a dinosaurs movie or a dinosaur movie. Uh, I think it's, it's a not dinosaur called... story. A dinosaur yeah. story. Okay, right. All right. That's yeah, important, but, saying, but I know the it, name of the movie. But is it dinosaurs apostrophe S, you mean? Or is it, yeah, I feel like uh... I saw it in two different ways. But we'll get to that. I'm jumping the gun. Okay, okay. That's just like, put that issue on the back burner. We'll circle back around. When I was watching it, I saw a mouse in my house. So I don't know if that counts. And then now the cat, I locked the cat in the room where the TV is during the podcast to see if the cat will catch it. That sounds like a movie. Yeah, yeah if you're filming it, it becomes a yeah. movie. So if you've got cameras <laughs> on it. That's how it's done. <laughs> I, a long time ago, I watched the movie Okja. Okja? Is that how you pronounce it? That's, yes. Yeah. Okay. It's not an extra cricketer, but the argument about if Rex fits the rules of our podcast i would compare it to okja okay so did you want You're me to coming s- in coming in hot with that. coming in uh, <laughs> confusingly hot uh, one might even say uh, given the information the listeners have at this stage but uh what what Mikhail is reacting to is the controversy that had yet to emerge about this episode um which is this is a very controversial choice for cinema animals and i guess it really comes down to whether or not you believe in dinosaurs I believe in uh, the Bible. I believe in the Bible, and so hence no dinosaurs. Well, Do you see, guys I, have a no animated rule? Because like, is we're back a dinosaur story considered a? We have a no animated rule, yeah. uh, though. You know, I mean, it, it has to be intentionally photorealistic, or is the idea mm-hmm. like they have to have in the presentation of the animal has to be an attempt at presenting the real animal. So um, like Dinosaur City wouldn't count, even though that it's guys in suits, but they're wearing like leather jackets and they're like, hey, man. Yeah, that's yeah, that that falls. Well, so that falls into like, I guess, the Theodore Rex category, yeah. like Theodore Rex wouldn't count because even though it's a dinosaur and I believe in science uh, and so I therefore do believe dinosaurs were real animals. Uh, it, it takes place in a future where dinosaurs have kind of continued to evolve alongside humans uh it, likewise tammy and the t-rex wouldn't count because that's a robotic dinosaur but technically super mario brothers would count because yoshi is a dinosaur in that movie 
I don't know because I think that's presenting in like an alternate timeline evolutionary history. Mm, so, okay. so, so I don't consider that a real animal. That's a real what if animal. Like, like I would mm. say Okja, uh, the the long forgotten. Uh, but I quite Jake, liked it. Bong Joon, Bong Joon Ho, Netflix expensive comedy. You know that that I think was about the meat industry. Um, Even though that the director said, yeah, I gave up meat while I was shooting. But man, meat tastes so good. So I just went right back to it afterwards. Yeah. And then he made and then he made Parasite and he was like, class exists. And everyone was like, wow, what a powerful socialist statement. Um, yeah. No, I, he, he's a very lucky guy, uh, you know, in that regard. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't think I would count Okja personally as a Cinema Animals movie. We'll probably end up editing this a little bit. Um, I but, think uh, this is important. This is important stuff. People well, want to know, even though this is Cinema Animals Nights, and as you said, rules are meant to be broken here. <laughs> it's true. Well, but it's I mean, true. you know, certain rules must not be broken, and and <laughs> and the, the rules that define our podcast are them. But uh, yeah, so we're talking about the 1993 well, okay. Japanese with, wait, film Dinah. With Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park takes place real timeline, real world. I don't think we would ever do that for this podcast. I think we could do Jurassic Park for this podcast. I think podcast. we could do it too. Oh. Although having done Rex, I don't think we have to. We don't have to. Not <laughs> anymore because yeah. we're yeah. about to cover that entire territory. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, we're Rex talking... kind of says everything that Jurassic Park has to say. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it, like... it, and it came out yeah. right, right after Jurassic Park, uh, like right. just weeks later uh, in theaters. Uh, Rex was released on July 3rd, 1993. Uh, so, so, uh, so Jurassic Park was probably still in theaters, um, when it came out and that's, that's a magical thing too. Uh, Rex was produced by Haruki Katakawa. Do we want to get into the, the, this, this gentleman and, and kind of the history of this studio? So Haruki Katakawa, uh, is the son of Jinyoshi Katakawa and he inherited, uh, Katakawa Shogun, which was a major publishing company from his father when his father passed away in 1975, at which time he pivoted to this notion of circular marketing releases, big blockbuster films that would be, uh, have marketing built in with a consequent book release or music release, toy release. And because he had all these pop stars under long, very long contracts, um, you know, they'd be designed to, you know, act in these films or release songs, you know, coinciding with the films. And I guess this was a tremendously successful model. Um, uh, in 1992, the year before Rex came out, seven out of 20 of the top grossing Japanese films of all time were his productions. Uh, and, and he directed the, the biggest Japanese film of all time at the time, uh, which is detailed in an amazing LA Times article entitled The Donald Trump of Japan. Uh, he made the $42 million film Heaven and Earth, which he himself directed, Haruki Kurokawa, like he directed Rex, Dinosaur Story. And then uh, around the same time that Rex Dinosaur Story was in theaters, things took a turn. He uh, loves cocaine. <laughs> turns out the Donald Trump of Japan uh, was powered by something a little more than capitalist ambition. Um, it, it, it was a different era, and he, he was smuggling a lot of cocaine from the U.S. And that's the reason that Rex a Dinosaur Story wasn't really talked about until two years ago is that it didn't get a proper home video release. Due to moral embarrassment. Um, the, 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 film, the film was the most successful film, uh, the most successful Japanese release of the year at the time that it was pulled from theaters. It had been in theaters for 10 weeks. Uh, that's according to a, a Variety article about the studio reforming 
And yeah, it had been in theaters for 10 weeks. It was doing incredibly well, uh, as I guess all this guy's films did. And then he was arrested for cocaine. And so it was pulled for moral embarrassment and somewhat buried. The version we watched, um, belovedly uploaded to YouTube and subtitled by, I hope I say this name right, uh, Shiyoshi Koida, because I think these are fan subtitles. Um, I believe that it showed up on Amazon Prime in Japan. Someone grabbed it there and then it kind of propagated from there. Is that what's going on with yeah. the, with all the subtitles that are available? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that that makes a lot of sense because because so, uh, I was trying to figure that out. He was not only uh, had a cocaine habit and addiction, he was actually smuggling cocaine into the country. Well, he he actually had asked a photographer colleague to smuggle the cocaine for him. Uh, I wasn't able to find any contemporaneous articles about this because I imagine they're all in Japanese, but it sounds like the photographer got caught and flipped on his, his and it was flipped on like, him. It, it was more than personal use cocaine. Yeah, it, it was, I think, well, he went to, I, I don't know Japanese <laughs> He just uses so laws. much cocaine. <laughs> I mean, it so might have been personal use country. cocaine. It might have been. He he went to jail ultimately for three years, um, but but I think uh, I think cocaine is like more illegal in Japan than it is here, so th- it could have been a small amount. Um, to be honest, I, I actually don't know. I can't answer that, but I, I suspect he wasn't smuggling it for resale because he had a tremendously successful film studio. I mean, this was almost like feels like he was like more the Jerry Bruckheimer of Japan or something. Um, the but way as we know, Jerry cool. Bruckheimer has never done any illicit substances. <laughs> Let's just clear it up here. That's exactly right, Justin. Uh, where, where, whereas, uh, unfortunately, Hiroki Kurokawa went down the dark path of substance abuse. I mean, looking and, and he, back at this movie, it's definitely easy to imagine a person who like does too much cocaine <laughs> making this. Like, yeah, I think this that's is important. Like, this is like permanent. Uh, who's the guy? Permanent Midnight? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, Jerry, Jerry Stahl. Yeah, Jerry Stahl when he's talking about writing for Alf. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It like that. I mean, just like Carrie Fisher talked about on the set of Empire Strikes Back, that's not snow on the set of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, and this film does end in a winter wonderland uh, of sorts. Um, shall we? Shall we try to kind of uh, unpack the plot of Rex Dinosaur Story? I have, I have two pages of notes that grow increasingly illegible and tear stained, um, but I, I, I do want to try to kind of at least contextualize the story of this film because I assume most of our listeners won't have seen this one, which is kind of, I guess, a theme on Cinema Animals Nights. <laughs> um, uh, so we dissolve uh, from a, a beautiful painting of an idyllic farm to an image of the farm itself. And we're inter- introduced to our young, uh, our young hero, Che, a young girl who lives with her horse and dog uh, on a beautiful farm where her father is researching dinosaur eggs. Um, and she says, this opens with her saying to her horse Baffin and her dog Tantan, uh, they say when this magical bracelet breaks, your dream will come true. It'll break when I see my mother. My mother's in a faraway place, New York. And this is where we are introduced to the film's kind of main theme of neglectful parentage. Or neglectful parent, which is also a main theme of many, 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 many animal movies. Many yeah. animal movies are about a, a parent who has uh, the siren song of capitalism has uh, dr- drawn them astray from their main job, which is creating other workers uh, and training <laughs> those workers for the for the for the new economy. And we should emphasize that it's like maternal neglect in particular. It's not just parental neglect, but it's like a film about mothering specifically. 
And uh, I want to point something out, which is that in the 1990s, the 1990s was the last year that the birth rate in Japan would uh, exceed the death rate. And it was a decade in which procreation was being heavily marketed by the government. So this film, while it feels a little weird that this film is constantly telling you that parents should not abandon their children and maybe that's why the dinosaurs went extinct. Uh, it, it, that was like a weird vibe in Japan at the time. Like it was like a big, it was a big thing. Like, hey, have a kid, don't abandon them. Um, and, they live on a and, giant and, and farm. There's so much place <laughs> to take care of your kid. It's huge. Yeah, look, won't it be great? Yeah, <laughs> a boss will just like pay you to be a good mother or something. At, like at the end of this film, uh, the post credit sequence. Uh, it, it's it's it, it it clearly didn't work. Um, is the one thing we do know about 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 the birth rate. And is that Rex did not make any major changes. Um, <laughs> there wasn't the like Rex going to the Japanese Congress, changing laws, the Rex law. But no, you it, feel like you get a sense as the movie washes over you that like, this is one of these cultural artifacts where people are trying to work through some deep issues. Like it feels as, as bonkers as the movie is, it feels it's like about stuff. It's about things and it's about like some cultural anxiety that is sometimes like hard to put your finger on, but you feel, it's not like a lot of the other movies we watch for this podcast where like you can't really get a sense of any ideas. The, like the movies take place in a world outside of ideas and outside of thinking. This is like, they're churning through some social stuff in this movie. A love of Kentucky Fried Chicken, snowmobile chases, <laughs> dancing. Yeah, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. yeah, Christmas. I mean, this is yeah, the, like all of them, by the way, like all of them sort of signifiers of modern life and like capitalist culture in particular. Mm -hmm. right? like I versus guess I, the, the primeval uh, dinosaur world where we're trying to get back to. I guess I buried the lead so much in, in my biography of Justin uh, at the beginning of this episode because I saw this movie for the first time at a marathon that Justin programs. Uh, Justin for the for Gold Ninja Video kind of does these uh, Jerry Lewis style telethons where he grows increasingly exhausted over 24 hours of showing movies live on on channels that that are announced um you know kind of privately through social media i don't know how much you want me to blow this up justin so i can delete, uh, i can delete fine. this if you want but they, they 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 were a big uh they were a big joy to me i you know when when i met you in person we went to go see enter the fat dragon together when i was editing uh, up in toronto i was editing seance um and i i had not i wasn't really aware of your body of work at that time it was it wasn't it was the marathons during the pandemic that really made me aware of what you were doing because I enjoyed them so thoroughly. Uh, and they were such a joy to me, um, you know, during during kind of this like really dark year where I was trying to finish this film somewhat like, like semi-successfully. Um, I yeah. try heroically to play movies that no one has heard of, which is very hard <laughs> because <laughs> it's like, I want to find good stuff, but if I've heard about people mm. talk about it, no, thank you. I don't want to play it then. No, I mean, that's how I hyped yeah. it up to, to my partner, Kelsey. I was like, we got to watch this thing. Like this guy shows movies and like, I've never heard of them. Mm -hmm. Like, like and, 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 you know, like, like seven out of eight, I will not have seen them. And, and that really is like, so, uh, so, so important to me. And this was one that I had never heard of. Uh, yeah, people went crazy for this one because it is, you know, as we'll talk and we walk through it, just bananas and it just escalates. And it's like, what, what am I watching? And I will say I've seen this programmed at a couple other Twitch marathons since yours. Uh, I know Michael Lerman showed this at a, at a kind of little like private Twitch thing he does. And I assume that, can, that as far as I can tell, you were the you were the inception point for the the new weird rex dinosaur story fad uh which is really kind of culminating in this episode of cinnamon animals nights the, the, actually, the dvd uh, by the way is on sale on amazon for 38 
dollars and 92 cents does it have english subtitles i don't believe it has english subtitles yeah i i think it does not yeah i think i think that that's why i was wondering if these were fan subtitles but but the the prime leak makes much more sense uh that that that's a modern is it possible like if i buy that dvd can i hire someone to like burn subtitles into it I mean, yeah, and then you'd have a burned disc with Rex on it, and you could have the Rex yeah. DVD on your shelf. When people and come in, you're like, "What's that? Oh, it's Rex!" Right. I so mean, I'd have the I'd have the case at least, which would yes. be cool. I mean, right, I only cool. learned right. I learned about the movie the year before just because I saw the poster image, and I'm like, "What is this?" Where it's like a little girl, and it's Christmas around her, and there's a dinosaur with like a Santa cap and a Santa cape. <laughs> And (laughs) the other famous thing about this movie, and people had heard about it before this, is that Carlo Rambaldi, the guy who did E.T. and Possession, he did the special effects of it. And there was a museum piece of all of his work. And in the corner, there was a Rex graveyard of like (laughs) a dozen little dinosaurs just melting because (laughs) over age. And people were like, I don't know what this is. Well, that that to this day is somewhat of a mystery to some people, because if you go to Carlo Rambaldi's Wikipedia page, it erroneously states Rambaldi's last screen credit was on the 1988 horror film Primal Rage, which I also have on Blu-ray. That's not true. We know mm-hmm. we know he had a credit five years later, uh, but but, he, you know, his career did kind of fade away in the 80s. Uh, Carlo Rambaldi, uh, probably most famous for Possession, Alien and, and E.T. I would argue that if you rewatch E.T., you can really tell Spielberg's like more than Jaws. Spielberg is shooting around an effect that is working in a really weird way. Well, Carlo Rambaldi is famous for doing effects that don't work. Yeah. Like even Possession, <laughs> the director is like Carlo Rambaldi showed up with nothing ready, so I basically had to do it with what I had on hand. A, a, a fascinating, yeah, a fascinating artist. <laughs> and King Kong, famously, he built yeah. that like eighty feet giant that appears giant. for two seconds because yeah. it doesn't Wait. work the enormous animatronic king kong that was built for the 1976 uh, dino de Laurentiis film that notoriously they really hyped up in publicity for the film <laughs> and and is like on screen for like two seconds because yeah and the rest of the movie is rick baker in a gorilla suit and they tried <laughs> to make people believe when they bought press that rick baker was the electronic creation they're like hide hide we don't want people to see you we want people to believe that when you're on screen it's all like you know state of the art did you not think that the rex uh animatronic was incredible i thought the rex stuff in this is amazing rex looks great i couldn't tell if it it almost looked like a a stop motion animation but it clearly i wondered that too yeah i had the same question there's there's a moment where he's kind of like um the egg in u.s acres sheldon uh, where he's like running around with an egg. It's like just legs with an egg on that looks almost stop motion animated. There are, ho- there are, however, a couple moments where I would say Rex is a little less than fully convincing, especially near the end of the film when Rex starts to grow. At the beginning right. of the movie, it feels like there's like kind of two or three Rex puppets. One's when someone's holding Rex in their arms. Okay, we're getting a little ahead of yeah, ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't, so I don't know. <laughs> I know we want to get into the Rex action. Right, we're like, right. we want to so, meet Rex. So, so, so this little girl lives on a farm slash DNA laboratory uh, with her father, who she makes dinner for, because uh, also a huge part of this movie is indoctrinating children into future parenthood. Um, it, it, and, and possibly that's like the, the film's main thing that it has going on. <laughs> um, and her mother, ha- uh, I guess, has divorced her father and is off doing the same research somewhere else. And that's the kind of saddest thing in her life. And her father has found 
a bit of a dinosaur shell that is not fossilized in a nearby cave. He lives with his ex-wife's mother, Che's grandmother. Uh, so the so Che's mother has abandoned three generations of her family, who all live together and all grieve for her absence. Um, he finds a bit of shell that's in an Ainu cave. Now I I know only about Ainu culture from the uh, anime series Golden Kamui or Kamu. I'm probably saying that very wrong, uh, which is kind of a, a word that's used in this. So, but this is kind of like an indigenous Japanese uh, population, and I cannot possibly say whether they're represented respectfully in Rex dinosaur story. So I'm just going to assume that they absolutely are uh, and, and, and treat this as if this is probably a very realistic spot on portrayal of this religion. For sure. The, like the instant we meet the indigenous people, the characters become obsessed with the threat of being cursed. It's like the first, like there's one shot of one, like the yeah. main guy down by the creek or the stream or whatever. Oh, that's right. And somebody says like, it's going to be really bad when they curse us. Yeah, if we go any further, we're going to get cursed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he and and pretty soon the the Ainu shaman is is floating uh, forward through the cave, and they discover a dinosaur egg. Uh, yeah, they're cursed with friendship. That's all. <laughs> well, we know they, a lot about that. <laughs> they ultimately that's why the podcast exists i mean we'll talk about the ainu figure i guess when he reappears in the film his role is certainly convenient <laughs> and uh and, and and i wouldn't say he necessarily has any desires of his own as a character they just um, kind of find him they just kind of his name is and they call him mr shinoda I think. oh is that it yeah Okay. And they just to start. They start calling him that. He's just there, like taking a bath in the water or something. And then he's next thing you know, he's showing them how to get to the cave with the dinosaur egg. Did Did you guys notice? Like, so there's a scene in this. They're like exploring the cave. They all like fall into a thing and slide down a bunch of like crazy ice tunnels that lead. Are them you to guys a fan of? Characters sliding down things in movies because family films <laughs> love this. I, I really yeah. am. I really am. Dunstan checks in has one of the better moments of it in cinema. And. I, and I just don't find it that fun. It's like, whoa, Super Mario right. just sliding down that ice tunnel. It's like, it'd be fun to do, not that fun to watch. And then like, the, the movie key. reprises it with the snowmobile, snowmobile chase at the end, too. It's like a very similar. Uh, also, yeah, it's but, fun to do, not fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. But, but snowmobiles is different. You know, there, there's danger there. It's like Road Warrior where you're like, what's going to happen? Okay, I see your point. Yeah. 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 I think it, just, it does I think make sense. Kids love it. I just think kids, mm. kids love it. It's not for us. Right. I, I think it might. I think Justin might be right that it's a thing that adults assume kids would love because it seems like the kind of thing they do on a playground. Kids entertainment is is created by people who are really second guessing at what someone uh, much less intelligent <laughs> themselves might want, and that's really just the process there. That, that's the whole process there. Um, I did want to note that when, but when, when did you notice when uh, Chi Chi uh, Che? I'm just going to call her Che. That's I think how they pronounce her name. Um, did you notice how she drops into the tunnel? It's a remarkable special effect. Everyone that falls, they clearly couldn't get the little girl to do oh, it. Yeah, so she, she just, just blips out. I they thought just, that when I saw film, it happen, I thought that my vision, I thought I made a mistake in my vision. That's really what happened. Huh? It's in the it's in the original file of like I the movie. I thought I just messed my eyes messed up or something. No, they 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 they're like <laughs> yeah. in a film that has a variety of special effects, they just like cut a frame. Yeah. They just they just drop the frame out and try to make it look like she fell by right. just these by movies, just cutting with the jump cut, they, basically. They make us gaslight ourselves. What's that called, Mika, when you gaslight yourself? Yeah. Uh, life. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Huff and glue. <laughs> Mikhail handles the therapy segments of our show. We all have different <laughs> professions. 
So one, one thing I liked, if I could talk uh, just for a second about the sliding part, I loved how like yeah. their their journey through the cave begins in this very verdant, lush landscape, and then they enter like the rock portion of the cave, and then like just like that, they're in the ice palace part of the cave, and it's as though like each three of those environments has no relationship to the other. Yeah. It's almost like a video game where like you're passing through these different different things. Like I thought my eyes deceived me when they were in the ice because I was like I didn't see any. It looked like almost warm. Like yeah. two seconds ago. And, and then they're in, they're in ice. Uh, I, I, I spent, and then when they land, they're in a much cheaper looking ice cavern, which just looks like it has like white spray paint almost on the walls. The one where like the actual dinosaur egg is hovering in the pyramid. It looks, it looks like, like Santa village at like the, the third most popular mall in your hometown. Yeah. White spray paint. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest way to get it in the country. That's, that's, that explains it. Yeah. So the white tunnels may have just been organic. Like, like yeah, uh, that might have right. just been what was outside the building. The, um, but the, uh, the thing with sliding is also uh, whenever I see it in movies, I think that in real life, if you did accidentally slide, slip down a hole that turned into a bunch of sliding tunnels in real life, it would probably be really dangerous and really gross. And, and not fun but in these it'd be movies, really scary yeah it'd be like really terrifying and you'd probably come out the other side like scratched up and and well, more likely up. the tunnel would just end and the person behind you would like land on you and then you'd all land on each other and you wouldn't be able to climb back up yeah it'd be terrifying horrible horrible nothing, way to die nothing fun about that <laughs> well and you die too yes you couldn't horrible. get out how would you get out if you just rode down like a snow tunnel and you're like oh and then there's a dead end <laughs> And they never like <laughs> nobody ever goes. You never see somebody go head over heels in the sliding scenes either. They always just like they're in the luge and they go straight down. I think mm -hmm. you probably flip around a lot. You hit your head. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just yeah. your unconscious body just rolling down this tunnel. <laughs> probably spikes movies, at the end. I think movies should have a warning sign like in Indian cinema if they contain scenes of kids sliding down. A tunnels. sliding, yeah, where it's like danger and it's like a little you know <laughs> hazard <laughs> symbol. <laughs> yeah showing like a kid like 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 with a slightly sprained ankle so okay so they find a dinosaur egg in a in front of a glowing crystal skull and the financier of this mission wants a second opinion so they bring back che's mother at this point in the movie because she does the same thing as her father so she comes back in the movie uh where she is greeted by her husband who fairly quickly says to her a woman like you shouldn't get married or have kids um some pretty remarkably kind of harsh lines of dialogue i mean the mother hates her kid and wants she, nothing to do with her she hates her kid and and yeah. she really does say like why should i why should i have to be like a mother like just because i gave birth to this person mm -hmm. um this and is like before law the lost daughter is the only other movie i could think about that that deals with this topic i'm not the sure i know that one the reason that's it it's Maggie, a, Maggie, a Maggie. gorilla and or ape in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is the Maggie Gyllenhaal film that like is going to win all the awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah. A... yeah, I didn't see that one. Uh, yeah. I was, I was, I was too busy watching Rex Dinosaur Story for the second time in as many months. <laughs> it's all about regretful the the sacrifices and regret that mothers specifically have to make to, for their children. Well, that sounds great. Uh, is there okay. a dinosaur in it, though? <laughs> no. no, thank you. <laughs> can we re-nominate Rex a Dinosaur Story in the Oscars? Like, you can take Lost Daughter's place? Replace it. Yeah. So, so, so really quickly, we're told that dinosaurs must be bo born on their own strength. That's one of the animal rules that Rex gives you, is, is dinosaurs, when they break out of their eggs, if they don't break out with their own strength, they're not going to survive. 
Um, you can't help them out. Uh, that seems obviously untrue. Um, what, what about the part that the eggs uh, have evolved to be so strong to prevent predators from eating them, but then also allowing the, the in baby to get out? Is that true? I don't believe that is true. <laughs> is that why they have to inject the nucleus of the dinosaur egg into the sea turtle egg? Is that what that's all about? That's exactly right, Mike. I love it when these things come together for me. Yeah, it's like a good Agatha Christie mystery plot. You know, all the pieces play into each other. So they've injected the nucleus from the dinosaur egg into the sea turtle egg, but it's still not hatching. Rex does not want to come out of the egg. Uh, and he's not even named Rex yet because he's just in the egg. So, of course, Che goes and she plays her ocarina for him and the egg hatches. And, and she says, you know, I'm your mother, basically, to this, to this baby dinosaur. At which time everyone just hands the dinosaur over to her to raise. It the dinosaur instantly becomes the little girl's responsibility. Uh, 100%, she gives him Coca-Cola and Ozak brand <laughs> chips. I hope you guys love montages. I know I do of all the stuff that the Rex is doing. That's good. What you would just, be the equivalent just... in North America of something like Rex, of like someone finding a baby something and like getting it to grow? I mean, I guess we're somewhat ignoring the existence of the 1980s Disney film Baby, The Lost Legend. <laughs> oh, I've never heard sex? of that one. Is there before? a lot of sex in that movie, Simon? There's <laughs> in Baby the Lost Legend, the 1985 family film. It is a G-rated Disney film, but but it is it is fairly horny. Uh, you're yeah, not you're remember, not wrong. You're, remember, you're remembering the right movie, Mike. I think it was the first time I understood that, like that sex was a category of behavior that was separate from other stuff. It was seeing Baby the Lost Legend. Yeah, that's the Just right the movie. Two scientists keep going into <laughs> when the you tent. saw that's Sean correct. Young and Patrick McGoohan just on screen, like it just uh, raised your uh, pulse. I should say before you get hundreds of letters, which I'm sure you do every week, that uh, <laughs> we Gamera Gamera Three: The Revenge of Isis Iris has that same plot of a little girl finds a baby kaiju and raises it up. So once Rex is born, this movie is really. Uh, off to the races she she has to get him to poop that's a great scene a lot of time is spent trying to get him to poop <laughs> yes and we should talk um maybe also about the young performer who's playing che yeah. uh i i would she makes a good choice for the film that she's in to be fairly deadpan but she really has an spectacularly dead-eyed reaction to Rex sometimes. Well, and she seems so non-pulsed about Rex at all times, just like staring at him, being like, come on, Rex, let's go. Well, like her it. own mother, she immediately resents the burden of parenthood. <laughs> like, And the movie makes it explicitly clear. She's like, I don't want to be your mother. This is a lot of work. And then Rex like refuses to eat, basically. And she's like, fine, I'll be your mother. Here, have some chips. Uh, Remember, and she has to eat the she has to eat the green pepper. Or she oh, that's mother oh, that's a big plot so, of the movie. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh. I can't forget that. So in Japan, uh, green peppers are are kind of like for kids. It's kind of like broccoli in like like Western culture. Are you guys pro or anti green peppers? I'm pro. I, I love, love green yeah. peppers. Yeah. I'm yeah. pro. Like it's, green pepper. it, it's like yeah. the one vegetable that my kids will eat uh, easily. Huh. I the first time I was watching this film at your marathon, Justin, I assumed. It was a spicy pepper, and mm. I was completely confused. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like, "Why are they making these kids and this dinosaur eat this hot pepper that they hate <laughs> they like, so oh, much?" I so, thought it, like jalapeno pepper. Yeah, I thought it was like a jackass stunt. I thought it was like, <laughs> like, like I was like this because because I couldn't understand why she was approaching the pepper with such dread. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but but it is it, it is because that's like that's a thing in Japan. That's, that's fascinating. Like, is it a cultural thing then? Because I mean, actually, my partner Emily hates green peppers, so you oh. know maybe some kids don't like them. I forget. Um, did she ever feed the dinosaur any meat? Not not not, not I that I recall so. seeing. Because no, I feel like so. the dinosaur is like, I'm dying. Please, <laughs> I'm clearly a carnosaur. Not from the classic they... Roger Corman film, but you know. They're in the restaurant. There's the restaurant scene, which we haven't had a great animal restaurant scene in in almost a year on, <laughs> yeah. on Cinema Animal. So that was like that felt so good to find. As soon as you one. see that the um, design of the restaurant that the servers on roller skates, you kind of like, know where it's headed. Are yeah, happen. but um, yeah. So the pepper thing. So tell me if I have this right. The for some reason the only food they want Rex to eat is a green pepper. Like no, Rex no. has refused to eat, and he's like rolling around in the grass, and he's like. Uh, like gonna die of starvation and they're like he has to eat a green pepper yeah no i think is that what it is i think it's <laughs> I like she needs like rex sees that she won't eat a green pepper so by eating the thing that she hates the most rex will just psychically know okay i can eat now i totally I buy everything not just said, green yeah. peppers but everything all right mm-hmm. weird. and but then she then needs to see her her mom yes eat a green pepper. her mom eat the green peppers who so also hates weird... green peppers Yes. Everyone hates green peppers in this movie, even yeah. though it's the only thing you're allowed to eat. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have to you have to stare people in the eyes as you take a bite of it and eat it and look at them. Yeah. But it is yeah. weird. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Why don't they feed Rex anything else? No, I think I think Justin is right. I think like the movie is implying that Rex observed her like not wanting to eat a green pepper right. and learned the behavior of not well, eating. From it's one mother. of the other sacrifices of motherhood is that you have yes. to do things that you don't want to do sometimes for the sake of your child. And 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 those things, I guess, uh, relate to food and eating disorders in like often unnerving ways. I mean, I definitely have to eat vegetables in front of my kids that I typically wouldn't want to eat. So like, what do you eat? And you look at them dead in the eye, like stone <laughs> face. <laughs> like one tear <laughs> drifting down your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What do, yeah, what do you eat? What do you eat that just you, any you i'm i'm like been like uh, notoriously i just don't like vegetables i'm like i'm still a kid in that way i don't want to eat like broccoli i don't want to eat green anything green like but, but you're like that, smiling and you're like mm, now i have to do it to chow down. My, yeah to show my kids it's not that bad well this <laughs> is really a cycle of of parenting and that that rex has a lot to say about yeah it's real. i mean and it's ironic that his kids are also named Rex. So you know, this movie <laughs> yes, yes. really they're all named Rex. Yeah, yeah, he's got like yeah. six kids. They're all named Rex, Rex one, Rex two. Each one just has an extra X on the end of it. Mikhail, what you need to do is just film yourself eating a vegetable once and then just put it on the TV uh, every day. Wait, but that's confusing because then will everything be through television if he finds that trick? Well, no, I put well, the, my I assumption put... is that's how you parent. I'm not sure. That I thought anyway. you just record video lectures for your children so that you can do the shit that you want to do. You put the TV on top of like a mannequin body and sit it in the chair so the kids oh. think it's you, but it's And not. they probably love dinosaurs too. And if you put it on the top of a dinosaur body and then nope. it's like, oh, dad's a dinosaur. Then delete anything. <laughs> So, Wait, so, were we watching a movie? Right, back to the movie. So, so this is the moment in Rex where uh, capitalism, as always, rears its head. I love this part because you know that this movie wants you to buy Rex merchandise. And the movie suddenly becomes all about Rex merchandise. Yes, which looks, uh, and I, I personally have, I, I don't know, there's no way to prove this, but the Rex stuffed animals that are shown in the film, which were real life stuffed animals marketed by this studio and, and sold concurrently with the film. A big thing about these movies, I guess, is if you saw a toy in the movie, you could buy the toy in the toy store. I want this toy so bad. These, it like, looks Rex like toys. It looks to me so much like an otter. 
Um, and and I am almost 100% certain that it is a repurposed otter. Um, that is it, like, cause it looks so much like a stuffed otter and Did they and... have an otter movie. And it was like, uh, I don't know, scuba, the lovely otter adventure. And I just feel like they're like, we, we can't move these otters, throw a hat on it, little legs. <laughs> boom. We got a Rex toy. Uh, and they have them in different sizes. You see them. Uh, but yeah, immediately, uh, it turns out that Rex's Rex's birth essentially was financed by, I guess, a private corporation which I suppose makes sense. Um, and they are going to get their money back by having Rex do ads. <laughs> Advertisements. Endless and commercial it, shoots. It almost kills him. Like the, the ad reads almost kill Rex. What Literally, was the last dies. animal that like was an ad, like did multiple ads, like different products, not just like, not, you know, what's the name uh, of that party dog? Who loves Spuds. Spuds McKenzie. McKenzie. That was my Rex first thought, but yeah, he's only, he only did the one. He only did but the one. Can you like, imagine like Spuds was like advertising, I don't know, like, you know, stomach medication. <laughs> He's like, whoa, whoa. I love there to party, but I also a... love to feel good. <laughs> I mean, I guess there, there must have been a horse that won like a, a triple crown or something. Was like <laughs> a secretariat, a shill. Like, advertising stuff. multiple things. They're like, you're going to kill a secretariat if you have to advertise pizza one more time. I mean, it's a good point. Like most animal, uh, what do you call them? Most animals that advertise for something only advertise one product. Mm-hmm. Spokes animals. A- Spokes yeah. animals. Spokes animals. Yeah, that's a yeah. really good point. I can't. I mean, I'm thinking of Morris the cat. I'm thinking of the Chihuahua you know what? Grumpy from Taco cat. Bell. I feel like did a lot of stuff. So grumpy maybe cat. Actually, yeah, grumpy cat is a really good point. That's the closest analog. Grumpy cat was a celebrity cat who then did market multiple products, and I assume successfully. I mean, he had his own movie. He was voiced by Aubrey Plaza. So, we you know. we did an episode did on that. that film. Yeah, we actually we, did we, that one. We have already uh, acknowledged the great moment in our culture when we all agreed to pretend that the cat's name was based on tartar sauce, <laughs> and and that like that was the moment that fake that like I think Americans lost their trust in media, at least speaking for my country. But yeah, but Rex Rex is a cultural sensation because he's a dinosaur. So he does become a grumpy cat-esque figure. <laughs> I mean, I was just trying to think, I was sitting here trying to think like Ernest P. Worrell as a character advertised multiple brands. I mean, but, I don't think he would count as an animal. <laughs> but he's <laughs> human. Ernest he, movies. Yeah, animal. okay. So he's, he's he, we all, we're all going to say that Ernest is human. Okay. I just yeah. wanted to, I wanted to float that. I wanted to float that and see how far it got. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. It's, so It's an interesting question though. Where do you get, if there are all these Rex toys available in Japan, I mean, I'm trying to do a search online. I can't find any of them for sale. I feel like they're probably all like in a pit due to moral reasons, <laughs> like the ET video game. They just like cemented it over. Yeah. <laughs> sure, the movie true. was out for 10 weeks, so they must yeah. have made millions of Rex toys. Yes. And, and, and I assume they did not fly off the shelves after the like very famous director of the film's arrest. Oh, Did you say for the 10 we it was out for 10 weeks and it was like still the number one movie? Yeah, it was yeah. still super big and they pulled it from screens. Oh. They, wow. they, they were huge movies that made a ton of so money. It's like uh, the Shikari Richardson of Japanese cinema. Uh, what? <laughs> well, it's like, the, but it's like despite uh, drug usage, this person's the fastest or the best mm. movie and then they get removed because of their drug Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, that's my analogy. So you mm. think that as a therapist, you think that cocaine is a performance enhancing drug? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> for, the film, for the film industry, yeah. I mean, it, is would, that more, like a, it, it like, would be, what was the name of the snowboarder who like had like marijuana in his system after he won? 
and they took his medals away. That's right. right. Uh, right. Well, I don't know and, that. I don't know that this analogy is actually that, <laughs> that close. Didn't <laughs> Al, didn't Alan Sorkin get pulled over with like mushrooms in a shoebox? Okay, you're thinking of Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> like Justin. You no, see the, it's his brother Alan Sorkin, the less famous Sorkin brother. <laughs> you see the difficulty of doing a film podcast. Uh, with, with, uh, uh, Simon introduced you guys as they don't watch movies, only cinema animals movies. Yeah, these are the only movies we watch. It's the ad that ultimately breaks rex's spirit is is like some like a dinty more kind of ad where like shay's eating some stew and feeding at rex stew and rex is supposed to be like good but but his his voice breaks he can't do it anymore and 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 the producer comes out and beats him <laughs> yeah he does yeah he beats him in front of the girl and rex bites his groin and bites the girl all right i love an animal biting a groin there's nothing better <laughs> Like, yeah. if you have an animal movie and there's not a shot of the animal being like, Arr! and the someone going, Whoa! Oh. Yeah. not a good movie. The last one and I saw that had a great one was Bingo, the dog movie. Great oh. uh, groin, bite, uh, groin bite in that. We have not done Bingo. We have not done it's Bingo. Good, that may be one of my favorite though. animal movies yeah. ever. That's Which Yeah, it's surprising we haven't done that one. That's a huge one, obviously. Uh, I mean, the dog has, like, sunglasses on the cover. You're like, I'm ready for a fun time here. <laughs> no, yeah, That's I the guess. one where a dog goes to prison because he stops criminals and then has to go on the stand but he can't talk so the prosecutor says how do we know the dog didn't have something to do with the criminal activity and then he has wow. to go to jail with the criminals <laughs> wow <laughs> wow that teaches kids about our justice system yes like really early corrupt on. yeah <laughs> you, you if you don't have a voice in court you go to prison but yeah, so Rex definitely took that guy's testicles off too, right? Like he's a dinosaur. Yeah, I see, yeah the and groin Rex... biting is funny unless there's blood. And we don't see that character again. Uh, <laughs> he's yeah. up in bed. He's resting. Uh, what Shay intuits is that Rex, Rex, sure, Rex is exhausted from doing ads, but what's really going on is Rex misses his mother. And we should say here, Rex is big now. Like he's the size of the little girl at this point. Yeah, he's like a shopping cart size, mm -hmm. kind and of. At, like... at this point, is Rex um, a person in a costume? I think so. Yes, I believe he is. So uh, we cut to a month later, uh, and Rex is Rex is crying and escapes, banging his head on the bars of of his like holding a cell. Just he's been... brutally too, and for a long yeah. time, just like slamming yeah, just, his head against the bars. Yeah, just concussing his little dinosaur skull <laughs> over and over again. And at this point, has he been kind of seized by the government because they found him in a national park or is that later? That like, it, it's a plot point that is brought up in, in, in almost instantly just goes away. But I it, think it, he may be because once he makes his escape, he stays escaped for the rest of the movie. Yeah, well, he, well, he goes to the museum and cries. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the, in front of the dinosaur bones. <laughs> yeah, he, he finds like a like an old Tyrannosaurus Rex and and curls up weeping at its feet. And I want to uh, tell Rex, Rex, there's like two bones that are real in that. That's all plaster. It's not real. <laughs> Which would be like even sadder, maybe. But but <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, I I think you know it's definitely a, the movie's low point. And and Shay real Shay realizes she's got to do something, so she uh, abducts Rex and they go off to Santa's village. Yeah, and they like catch yeah. a ride too. I think like who picked yeah. them up? It, yeah, well, she she eventually travels by like like horse drawn carriage with Tan mm. with with her with her with horse, uh, yeah. and and leaves Tantan. The movie has many scenes of her abandoning animals, which kids just love. I remember as a kid, that was like my favorite part of Harry and Well, they deleted the scene where she's like, sorry, Tantan, your use is over. 
<laughs> You've served your yeah, There's only room for Rex now. So, she, yes, because she does abandon her, her dog and horse by the side of the road, hitching Very a ride sad. in like the back of a, like a military truck or something. Oh, that's right. She yeah. gets in a military truck to get out. They like it's, it's really drives off. And, it, yeah, and that's yeah. not explained, right? Like, we don't know why the military truck is there or what her I mean, was. she ultimately gets in a hot air balloon that, as far as I can tell, <laughs> takes her to heaven. <laughs> so, like, so, so, I mean, then, we want to get to Santa's Village, though, because yeah. I play this film at Christmas, right. and it has the ultimate Japanese Christmas thing, KFC. Like, that's a huge like Christmas thing in Japan. Is yep. that true? That is true. <laughs> Colonel Sanders is a big part of Christmas uh, there, and I think it's because of the wow. just the red and white, maybe? Mm-hmm. And he has a kind of like a Santa-like appearance. It's like yeah. his beard uh-huh. in the logo of the KFC. So, I mean, so, that shot where they walk in front of the Colonel Sanders mannequin is like so beautiful. It's like a Wes Anderson <laughs> shot. It's, it's like a perfect, you're like, oh, I could look at this for 20 fucking minutes if I had to. This is a beautiful <laughs> thing to look at. It's great. Well, and, and this location is beautiful. I mean, I assume they went to some existing kind of like like theme park or, or mm-hmm. somewhere. You yeah, know? there's a big Ferris wheel and like it's all set up. Even though it looks like a downtown place as well because they're walking through the buildings that are covered in snow this film uh was filmed almost i think it was filmed entirely on the island of hokkaido mm-hmm. which is uh just north of japan and, and it really does have some gorgeous locations i mean like like the locations they, there's some there's some there's a long sequence of like cliffside photography that that is actually really pretty oh i love i was going to mention that earlier because that's at the beginning of the movie this is a 106 minute movie uh so not it has long no, enough <laughs> it it, it no. actually, to me, does not does not wear out its welcome. I mean, can uh, we get to uh, while we're in Santa's Village? Definitely the highlight of this movie. And if anyone cuts together a like you know montage, it will include the scene, which is suddenly the uh, hero of the film and Rex do a dance. Yeah, <laughs> a beautiful on dance. And, on. <laughs> and like, yeah, and like, and like, and like a little icy. I'm like, are they ring. gonna kiss? Like, yeah, like on an icy. <laughs> And 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 yeah. and at this point, Rex's movements could only be described as plodding, because <laughs> yes. at this point he's no longer a puppet. He's he's definitely a person in a suit, and and like it's pretty. It's pre- the dance scene is incredible, uh, <laughs> especially. I mean, especially when you think about like Jurassic Park being in theaters. Like at the and near time. the end of the scene, there is very subliminal flashes of Jesus on the cross. And you're like, Whoa. what is going on? You guys didn't notice that? I didn't. I did notice that they had flashes, but I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it it's, it's a cross. And it's because the next scene takes place in a church. But like when you're watching that scene and they're just dancing and there's flashes of a cross, you're like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, oh. it, there's a there's an early moment in the movie where they like show like a little like model of something and like it cuts to like the model just rotating in front of the camera and then it cuts back to it in, like the character's hand. There's some really strange directorial choices in here that like like almost feel... as if they were under the influence of something while they were editing it. <laughs> almost <laughs> as if the maker of this film had been not entirely sober for 20 years <laughs> yeah. or so. But I think uh, we should be clear that the film. It definitely costs some money. Can anyone tell me like what the budget was? This isn't like a totally garbage dog shit, no budget situation. I, I can't. The only thing that I can say is that, again, uh, the same director and producer made a film in 1990 called Heaven and Earth, which cost 42 million and was the biggest Japanese film of all time. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I would so, love if he's like, yeah, Rex costs 45 million. <laughs> I, I don't think Rex costs more than that. But I doubt I, if I had to guess, I would I would guess probably between 10 and 20 million. Do you um, think the actor who, uh, you know, who plays the hero in this film, she's haunted by images of Rex now? 
Like she's like, ah, when she sees like Rex in her dreams. But she went on to a big career as well. She did as well. Like, it wasn't but, yeah. like Rex and then she disappeared off the map. I didn't know her as well. But yes, yeah, that's what I was going to say is a lot of the, a lot of the kids in this had like long careers. I believe in Japanese she cinema. may be a pop star. I, I don't know if this is an assumption I'm making because every actor in Japan that's a woman is a pop star of some sort. But I remember when we were showing it on the stream, people were saying, oh, I know this actor because she does music as well. Well, the young actor, the actor does not seem to be having any fun. <laughs> no. and, and that makes me think that she may have become a pop star because she clearly is taking like her work very seriously in the film this is mm. not like a kid performance where you can tell that they're you can tell that the kid is very seriously trying to act i loved uh, her performance i want to say despite everything you're saying I, I yeah i liked her performance there's kind of only one way one of two ways it could go it could be annoying or you could do it kind of the deadpan version that she does mm. and and that's that's why i said like given the material i think she's making the right choice but she really does regard Rex with dead-eyed loathing in a couple scenes that like just yeah. chills you to the core. Uh, <laughs> it was like um, Charlize and Tom Hardy on uh, Mad Max Fury Road, where she's like, I hate Rex. I hate him so much. I got a restraining order against him. Probably that's true. She was probably ready to do her lines, but the effect wouldn't be working. Yeah. They're, still, they're trying to force the adult man into the costume, but his, like, his left arm isn't properly dislocated I feel yet. like break it, yeah. <laughs> And you know that there was no child labor laws and that kid was on set for like 20 hours a day. Oh, yeah. And they just, you know, just like be like, like, well, has she had her cocaine yet? Like, get, <laughs> oh, no. get her back to work. And that's uh, why Rex has huge nostrils so he can just unswell. Like, <laughs> they could reach the actor inside the costume. <laughs> yeah. um, so so they get in a hot air balloon and, yeah. and, and, they, and, and it drifts away and they land in an igloo village. Yep. Um, uh, and then they have a snowmobile chase. Yeah, well, there's a yeah, there's a snowmobile chase. Uh, well, the snowmobile yeah. chase leads to the hot air to balloon. To the hot air balloon, okay. Which, and then they and then they land in an igloo village, which is, I guess, mystical because diamond dust uh, shows in the snow. It, it all gets all sparkly, and the Ainu guy shows up with her parents. Just appears. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And her mother's oh. a different person now. Oh wait, we skipped an important scene Did that I? I think is very good in uh, animal movies, especially if it's a fantastical animal, where they're in a public place and someone goes, "Oh, I love this fake animal," but oh, guess what? Right. It's real. That it's is real. that is important, but and that feels like a very merchandise-heavy moment. There's a that, moment that's where, like a trailer moment where it's yeah. like, "Oh, I love the Rex." Like, Rawr! In yeah. Santa's village, she has Rex kind of hide amongst other Rex merchandise, and, and yeah. <laughs> I think he like like don't move so you can pretend to be a Rex. Which also kind of calls attention to the, the fakeness of the effect because he's like a lot because she's like having him hide alongside like a like an animatronic like reindeer. Anyway, um, but the mother shows up with with and and she's a different person now and she loves her daughter. I like blacked out during this part of like anything could have happened at this part of the movie. Was the snowmobile chase too exciting? You're like, uh. <laughs> Your heart rate like kind of went up. <laughs> All that cocaine. <laughs> so, so the so she 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 greets her mother. Her mother hugs her, and her bracelet falls off. Um, and and they go into the hollow earth, uh, and where Rex, where it's still like it was three hundred million years ago. This is all just introduced at the end of the movie, and uh, it's basically the Harry and the Hendersons ending, with the girl tearfully telling Rex to Wait. go. It takes place in the Hollow Earth. Could there be like a MonsterVerse Rex crossover because they're in the same location? Now? I think that's what they're saying because the the Ainu guy says it's a Brockton mm. sphere. Like, mm-hmm. so I assume he's saying it's it's this is a Hollow Earth situation. Uh, mm. In which case, I, I think in which case, I guess it's the same cinematic canon as both MonsterVerse uh, and uh, Aquaman. <laughs> nice. I hope we'll be seeing <laughs> some like, Rex in those movies. 
the universe, like the dinosaur land universe and it's like magical powers is never really accounted for in the film. No, right? and like, you never see it before then. It's like, oh yeah, there's a portal to this dinosaur universe where you can go and live. Yeah, yeah. Like it's never explained why the egg is in the glass pyramid at the beginning, right? Like we don't really get a sense of all, that. All huger we? issues, it kind of feels like than Rex himself. Like, 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 like the what if they're, they're, yeah, because like when the scientists be like, wait, so there's a whole other dimension of Rex's that <laughs> yeah. live here? This is a portal of some sort? This right. feels groundbreaking. Was Rex kind of like the herald and then like a million giant Rexes will invade the earth? <laughs> well, that's, it's a question, Justin, we have all the time, which is like in real life, if you saw, for instance, a talking animal, <laughs> yes. how would you respond? And over the years, we've come to believe that the normal response would be to kill it as soon as possible. Like, <laughs> Instantly. Yeah. You, yeah. And so like if they discovered a portal to like many dinosaurs, I think they would kill the first few just mm -hmm. to figure out how to kill them yeah like to get your do you think there's like them. like they're bulletproof or something like that the rex well just in case because you don't know it comes out of this like magical portal so you don't know what the rules are so you kill the first one and you push that back into the portal then you like you know what the rules are and like they can talk to like they're like hello humans <laughs> why did you have, kill like, our friend <laughs> yeah they all have like um top hats and bow ties <laughs> that's that's well now they're like the deviants and eternals um, oh I, no! No, I, it, sorry. Well, that I, everything goes back to that for me. <laughs> the Eternals, uh, <laughs> specifically the Deviants and the Eternals. Yeah, um, the the Rex, the portal. It, it really is. It's such a major question. I, I I really don't know what actually ultimately the film is saying. It, it starts. It feels. It starts to feel at this point like you're watching like Beyond the Door or something. Like it gets, it's very, these strings are very strange. You want to stop almost as like the people watching Rex go and go, what are the implications of this? Like, yeah. is there another dimension? Like, can it be accessed? Or is it just this magic guy who seems to, I don't know, do whatever he wants to until like you know, a hot air balloon and, you know, a snowmobile chase happens? And but certainly it's why, it's why like knowing about the cocaine aspect is so helpful because there's just, it makes sense that there's like a bunch of good ideas that. Yeah. They're like, Oh, you know what? There'll be a portal at the end. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm very happy that Rex does not die in this movie, which could yeah. have been a possibility or Absolutely. that the, you have a uh, Mac and me style scene where like Rex is dying and they need the sweet lifeblood of like Coca-Cola or whatever product is sponsoring the movie to give it to him to bring him back to life. They don't well, go there. The little girl doesn't die. In the, in the, in the, and like his dino tears can bring her to life or something like that. <laughs> no, yep, they don't do that. <laughs> That's nice. But oh, in, Rex. The, in the, in the post credit sequence, aren't they eating Rex? Well, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Well, I, no, uh, no, Rex no. does cry in this movie, doesn't he? Yes. Oh, yeah. He absolutely he does cry. cries. Don't he they cries. go? Yeah. Do they go to the movie theater in this movie? Because in the trailer, they do. And it's implied they're watching Rex and you see a tear roll down Rex's cheek. <laughs> I don't remember that. I know he cries at the base of the Tyrannosaurus statue yes. for sure. And they like show the tears drifting down his scaly face. <laughs> He's like, now I know why you <laughs> cry. Uh, I, I do, I do, you, you do think at a couple of times in this movie, like if you did encounter Rex, he would be really scary. Mm -hmm. like he, mm -hmm. like you'd be terrified you'd yeah. be really scared almost in any they, size if you they came try to it. make them like have really big eyes because so that can like mitigate the kind of fear you would get when you meet a dinosaur but there's nothing like he's not smiling or winking or doing any kind of dreamworks mm -hmm. animation stuff no and when he mm -hmm. and when and when he gets angry at her dog and horse it's a genuinely scary scene until mm -hmm. the horse until the dog recognizes the friendship bracelet that rex is wearing and goes yeah. over and licks his face I and know. then they become lifelong friends 
Uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, I hope this scene lasts a long time. Like, I want to watch this dog lick Rex for, it's, I could watch this for so long. Um, but I do want to get to the post-credit sequence. So, so that ends, the, the last shot of this movie is the girl tearfully shouting Rex's name. Credits Rex! roll. But I'm then really we are greeted- happy that it was on the marathon, because I would have not seen this post-credit sequence if it hadn't played like that when I was playing it as a marathon. If I hadn't noticed that there were six minutes left to the YouTube file, I mm. also would have would have hit stop uh, with Extreme Prejudice and stopped watching Rex when the end credits rolled, which would have been a terrible mistake because uh, you fi- because Rex has a terrific button for the audience. Uh, the little girl has drawn this 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 fant fan- like fanciful photo or fanciful drawing of her mother early in the film, uh, wearing you know some like hat and flowy dress. We're, we're, we're reintroduced to the family and we discover that the mother has abandoned them again. <laughs> and, and the grandmother says, I didn't raise my daughter to abandon her daughter twice. And, 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 but what can you do? <laughs> She's abandoned them again. I and, wish that the movie did end with like, and that's the end of that chapter. And you see that we're reading like Rex, a dinosaur story, which you could buy on shelves. Cause that's like the best movies end that way. And well, uh, and this this uh, they and there was a tie-in book, uh, and mm-hmm. and yeah, there was a tie-in like like manga. A- anyway, but um, but then uh, the boss shows up, like the the kind of capitalist guy who I guess technically has owned this entire research operation, and he says like maybe I'm meddling, but I've brought your mother back. <laughs> she's wearing like the outfit that she's wearing, and the mother plays this scene very interestingly because I don't know if the movie is saying that the guy has essentially the guy who pays her salary is now forcing her to be a mother (laughs) or she's chosen to become a mother because of the daughter's distress. But she says to her husband, publish a new theory about how neither humans nor dinosaurs abandon their children. And then they look up in the, yeah. And then they look up in the sky and there's a giant cloud of Rex. (laughs) Is he dead? Is he in heaven? Yeah. Because they they ate him. They did not eat him because the neck, because what is, what is, is the next thing the sky tells us, Mikhail? It says happy end. Yeah, because the, the, the dinosaur meat tastes so good. In- yeah, <laughs> it's going to be on the way out. It's not going to cause any pain. Happy I don't end. think the text supports that. <laughs> the girls doesn't it have like an exclamation mark or a question mark at the end? Just happy end. Just says happy, happy end, end? Question mark? Happy end. Happy end in the sky. And, and that's that's the end of the movie. Is the that's mother when comes the audience back. jumps to their feet. They're like, woo! <laughs> Yeah, well, I, and Rex, I mean, I like Rex, that the movie Rex. like doesn't necessarily give you like a happy feeling, so it just has to say like happy, happy end. <laughs> so it's more of like an ironic, you know, like satire kind of thing. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I certainly don't feel happy at the end of the movie. Like Rex is Rex is gone. Rex has just been abandoned to the Hollow Earth. The mother has been sold to some kind of indentured servitude type situation uh, to like like serve the daughter. It kind of feels like it's going to be like that Twilight Zone episode. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Well, I was I, happy because I spent 106 minutes with Rex, my good friend. I did well. That there is that. There I'm is gonna, that. I'm gonna show this movie to my kids and just tell them it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, too. <laughs> After the credits, the girl is sitting at the table drawing a, a, a letter or symbol. Yeah, for, for what it's Ingr- a ingredient. Yeah, well, the father thinks it's shell, but it turns out to be ingredient, right? And you think, Mikkel, you think the main character of the film is communicating to us directly without communicating it to the rest of the uh, people in the film that they're eating. It's like a a hostage message or something. Yeah. Yeah. How much meat does Rex have? 
Like, how, how many meals are you going to get out of that? Oh, a lot. Like, okay. like by the end of the movie, Rex is like the size of like a horse. Okay. And, yeah. you know, so, so I'm the big horse fan. So you get like 10 <laughs> meals out of a horse. You get 10 meals out of the average horse. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I would eat horse. Well, anyway. Leave that silence. <laughs> we all just stared at you after you said it. Uh, uh, any final thoughts? Any scene squealers? Uh, this this is a slightly unconventional episode since since we have uh, our first and perhaps last guest, <laughs> Justin, with us. But uh, do we just want to do a final kind of rating uh, and assessment of of Max uh, Rex dinosaur story? <laughs> Not Max Monomore, Rex dinosaur story. <laughs> um, well, I I want to do a scene squealer if I could. Yeah, please. Um, and it. I actually want to do two scene squealers. I want to say, first of all, we already talked about the dinosaur pooping, Rex pooping. It's struck me that we've seen a lot of these movies and I think this is the first time like animals pooping became a plot point, which was which was cool. Like you think all this time we spend with animals. I don't think we've seen one. I mean, the one thing that defines an animal being with human beings is shit everywhere and the smell it's of shit it. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they but, usually um, do, they'll do like a peeing prank usually mm-hmm. sometimes. Rex does right. pee. Remember yeah, he pees on that. the picnic. Yeah blanket yeah. he pees yeah. after drinking the coca-cola yeah. so we do yes. have a pee we do have a pee gag as well right. um, um so i'm gonna i'm gonna fold a scene squealer into a rating for the movie my yeah. actual scene squealer is like this quintessential cinema animals nights uh <laughs> picture of um che in the horse and carriage riding through that like beautiful mountain meadow uh with like rex in the back seat and then like being trailed by the family dog just like the most perfect encapsulation of like what we're looking for is just this weird, like impossible to figure out, like why is this in the movie? Why is it taking so long? Why are they showing the entire journey? Like the sense of t- all that kind of stuff. So I, I love that. Um, I had a great time watching Rex and um, uh, it was one of the only times when like there was a post credit sequence that I found out I had to watch that it didn't annoy the shit out. Like usually I, I, I hate, it's so annoying, but like, I was like, oh hell yeah. Like there's more Rex that I can watch. This is, this is great. Like I wish there were more. So I would watch, I would, I would keep watching more of it. I give it, um, I'm going to give it one out of one Rexes, hundred percent. That's a, that's a, that is a, a very strong rating. Uh, Justin, we'll, 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 we'll do you last. We'll let you kind of be the deciding vote here. Uh, Mikhail, how, how, how do you feel about the 1993 film Rex Dinosaur Story? And do you have a scene squealer you'd like to share? I don't have a scene squealer. That's um, okay. That's okay. We, we, we kind of covered most of them. Yeah. Um, my notes, I was, my notes, all I wrote for my notes was KFC. <laughs> um, okay. That's positive. Start, That's positive. Start, yeah. That seems good. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'll give it a two out of three bowls of dinosaur stew. Wait, Wait. so it's a stew for the dinosaur or stew made out of dinosaur? Ah, that's the question. <laughs> well, that is the question because you you didn't really when I first talked to you about Rex, you you weren't totally in the mood about Rex. Like you didn't feel like it really fit the podcast. You found it a bit of a slog. That's that's just I mean, that's a different topic, but yeah, I do feel like but actually but but this is one of those times where talking it through with you guys really helped me feel better about it. That's what this is all about. I like the idea that whether or not you liked the movie is something you consider to be a different topic. <laughs> that's not what we're like here that's for. Even though we're in the rating part of the podcast. Of an animal movies podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Separate. Well, <laughs> 
Well, it was not an issue of li- it was just it be- it became an apples and oranges thing. It just you just like- keep seeing that poor person in the suit weeping, and that affects yeah. his viewing. <laughs> well, yeah. for me, it brings me joy. For him, none, none at all. I mean, like Simon, you brought up Harry and the Hendersons. Would that fit our podcast? Uh, well, I mean, that really depends on whether or not you believe Sasquatch are real. I, I and and but I think the general consensus is that they are not, and mm. that's cryptozoology. Whereas dinosaurs, I think the general scientific consensus is that they did exist, and therefore what Rex is presenting is an animal, albeit an extinct one, but an animal that did exist in our world with us. Okay. Now, do you believe in aliens? So would something like monster trucks qualify? No, and and well, and no, and no, okay. but I mean, maybe I believe in aliens. I I I don't want to dismiss aliens, I mean, yeah. but I but I but I don't. But I would say that it's. Uh, I I don't think we could think of them. This is just about Earth animals. This podcast. okay, just Earth animals. Earth, Earth animals. animals. <laughs> yeah. But That's they could right. be in the Hollow Earth. So if the Hollow Earth is real, there's a whole <laughs> okay. other situation yeah. that we need to get into later. Okay, I I also feel like I've probably like like between everything. Mycene squealers probably have been kind of covered by this. Uh, I'm going to give this my my rating, which is I, I really love this film. I obviously chose it for this episode. Uh, thank you, Justin, for bringing this to my attention. This this to me, although I think Mikhail is kind of right that that this is a slippery slope into, you know, non real animal critter movies. And I don't I don't want to get too far into that. Uh, everything else about this movie makes it kind of the quintessential Cinnamonals Nights movie. Um, I give this three dinosaur nucleus nuclei injected into sea turtle eggs out of three well i I, we've pretty much talked about all the best scenes of this movie i think there's another scene where they're in a diner and rex also growls at someone so that would be my scene squealer he does it twice within like 10 minutes yeah that that sounds right yeah uh i'm gonna give it because uh, my critical hero the video hound he gives out bones Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna give five rex bones because they just ate them out of five because you know Rex is great. All right, I'm doing the math on that. That that is got eleven up. out of twelve. That's what I got. I, I eleven got out of twelve. Yeah, eleven out of twelve. That's a very high that's, rating. Rex yeah, dinosaur that's a really strong endorsement. Rex dinosaur story joins the Cinema Animals Knights Hall of Fame. <laughs> What's in the Cinema exciting. Animals Knights Hall of Fame right now? I think just the Doberman Gang. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Have you seen that one, Justin? No, I haven't actually. I've seen the trailer a lot because that's one that always gets put on trailer reels where it's okay. like these Dobermans, they love solving. No, not solving crimes. They love doing crimes. Well, that's <laughs> crimes. All right. Well, I, I think that about wraps it up. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. For thank this you so much for having me. Uh, and we've already you, said Justin. where the listeners can find you. So uh, they should do so. Yep. Everyone else, thank you for listening. And we'll be back uh, next month with probably a special bonus episode since uh, Channing Tatum's dog is in theaters. See you soon. Ooh. Cinema animals, cinema animals, cinema